Free Pizza is sponsored by the Center for Visual Artists, also known as CVA. We are a nonprofit arts organization that supports local emerging artists as well as the Greensboro arts community. Please come visit us at 200 North Davies Street in Greensboro, North Carolina, inside the Cultural Arts Center in downtown. Welcome to the 115th episode of the Free Pizza Podcast. Today's guest is Megan Eileen, a fiber artist. Enjoy. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives. And today we have the one and only amazing Megan Lagarella. Very good. Here. Yes, <laughs> she had to give me a little training session on her last name. <laughs> she said she was going to cuss me out if I got it wrong. I did. And then we're going to talk about how to say it in Spanish next. Oh, so. whoa. <laughs> we're not doing that. And then she, you know, got me a cup of water as well. I you did. Know, this just is took a, me like, what, 30 minutes to ask if you wanted some? Yes. <laughs> kind of rude. But if you do see her, just say hello. She's great. She's great. She's great. <laughs> but no, she goes by Megan Eileen on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's her brand name. That is. Yes. Call that. Mm-hmm. And she's absolutely amazing. A fiber artist. Yes. Right here in the Greensboro, the greatest city ever. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to talk about everything. She does so many things. I'm in her studio right now at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Come yeah, where on. else would I be? <laughs> Sleeping? No way. No way. But no, let's dive on in because I think you're a great person and I'm oh, so stoked you. to uh, have this interview. Yeah, this conversation. Me too. Conversation. I don't know, That's not right. interview. Not conversation. Interview. We're just sitting down chatting like friends. Yes. Not like friends. We, we are, are friends. friends. Yes. Bam. <laughs> so let's start with where you got started with all of this. Sure, sure. As in like as a child or. I, think we, I want to go back to go, when you, you like. I want to go way back. I want to go back when the interest sparks gotcha my mother would probably say fifth when i was in kindergarten because i refused to wear anything other than a skirt for the whole year (laughs) so i was very resolute about the way that i was styling myself Mm -hmm. um but about in high school i decided to take a home ec class just arbitrarily because i don't like taking math classes fair enough and learned how to sew and that was kind of where it all stemmed because I was like oh I can like change how this looks and take this apart and it just kind of ballooned from there yeah that's crazy I'm yeah. sure like you've seen obviously you getting clothes bought for you you know you probably like, oh yeah yeah oh, okay this, this is how it is mm-hmm. you got in those classes you were like oh now I know how to kind of do this like you know very rudimentary but right but yeah. still so and what what grade work that was grade, um I was probably like ninth or tenth grade that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so I took, there was only two two home classes that we could take, but um, learned how to sew, um, <laughs> was voted, this, the senior superlative was trendsetter, or so, like most trendy or something like that, mm-hmm. and I remember wearing a shirt that I made, and it's still in the yearbook, and it's... I wish I still had it. It was so I don't have any more. So so bad. I'm sure I probably threw it out in disgust because I don't keep <laughs> keep things around. But like the tension on my sewing machine was wrong. I used yellow thread on an olive green top. I mean, like it was just that like sounds amazing. Back to back to back, awesomeness. <laughs> do you have Do you have that photo that your book still? Probably so. I should look that up. If you can get it to me, I I'm gonna <laughs> post a picture. <laughs> Okay. I'm scan it. That's funny because um, the guy that won Senior Superlative is a musician, 
and I'm pretty sure his hairstyle is still the same. Still the same. <laughs> just like, you know, like the spiky gel thing. Wow. So, yeah. It might, good for him. He might not like that I just showed that picture. <laughs> it's me and my prom. <laughs> <laughs> just that like that the um the highlighted the the tips yeah yeah i mean i graduated in 03 at these are 2000 year um decision satorial decisions you know I mean, no but some of them still you know some of them are still great great i think decisions. i was wearing abercrombie jeans really i might have been she still does y'all <laughs> I saw him as I walked in, and that's fine. That's it's, it's so good. It's so good. Man, you do you, you know? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's your world. That's right. But that's cool that they had home ec. Yeah. I mean, in a way. Yeah, yeah. it's home ec. And I mean, Because our it, classes, a lot of schools don't have that. It's it's probably been phased out by now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But My mom always was like, I wish y'all had this still in school. Obviously, when my, our parents went to school. Sure, that was they had thing. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, yeah, you learned us all. Yeah. So, or knit and all that. So, mm-hmm. And I know that, awesome. like, looking back. You, you're like, oh, I should have taken that. You just didn't know. Like, I would have loved to have taken shop class or something like that. But, mm-hmm. like, home ec was what was made available to us, which right. is, you know, we could talk all day about that. All day. All <laughs> day. All day. I do enjoy some of the things that are considered woman pursuits. And okay. I've accepted that and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, that's true. Back in the day, that's exactly what it was. It's true. Those classes yeah. were for. Yeah, exactly. Women. Yeah. So. Sewing cooking um yes. actually i'm not the cook in my relationship but we're not going to talk about that okay <laughs> moving on then. <laughs> so that's amazing so did you just like the process or just fall in love with all that while you were until the ninth it's, ninth grade it was something that like I, i'm not very good at math but when i was looking at a pattern it came really easy to me which it's a lot of math mm-hmm. um but i was able to see a flat pattern and better understand how things were to, to go together um so that was a way for me to explore a, a, a type of um schooling that had always felt very frustrating to me you mm-hmm. know because i yeah. just i don't want to not be good at something i want to understand something but i would be in math class and just be like i, just, yeah. I, I don't understand where we are yeah so yeah, yeah that oh, was gosh. yeah i feel that, it worked that, and sure. then at the end you have a piece that you can wear Exactly. Yeah. So was that like a final, I guess, end of the class? Yes. It was only yes. one you would, class? It was two classes okay. for the semester. Yeah. Um, I did it, I think it was tenth, either ninth and 10th or 10th and 11th grade. And um, uh, yeah, we would be like, you know, in this class, you're going to make this simple garment. And then in the next class, you get to pick whatever garment you want to make. And um, it became a community. I mean, it not, not normally in a class where yeah. you... Um, develop like we were like a little tribe in the school so yeah. <laughs> the little sewing tribe uh, so, you know, they walked in packs and yeah. they sat together at lunch exactly knitting exactly. and sewing covered in textiles <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing though yeah. that's cool so yeah. so obviously you developed a love for it then did you mm-hmm. like kind of take that home with your you know what i'm I saying i thought i was gonna for a period of time i thought i was gonna go to school for it um i and this is no, no beef with her my one of my science teachers was like you can do that as a hobby you know oh. go to school for something that you need to go to school yeah. for so i went to uncg for um a science like a medical sciencey thing wow i was thinking either like physical therapy or psychology i get there and i'm like oh no this, this is not this it. is not for me Mm-mm. so i called my parents like the second week of no, the first week of the second semester, 
bawling in my dorm room. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I have to come home. So I dropped out. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, which my parents made me promise that I would go back to school, which I did. Um, so I um, applied to SCAD, which is a school in Savannah, Georgia. Yes. And I got in. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Ooh, yes. I think yeah. I've interviewed one person who's went to SCAD. Yeah. And wow, what a insane school. So tell us what SCAD is for people who don't know. Sure. So SCAD stands for Savannah College of Art and Design. It mm-hmm. is a four-year fine art uh, college mm-hmm. in Savannah, Georgia. Um, they have four locations now. So SCAD. Really? Savannah, Atlanta, Lacoste, and Hong Kong, I think. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So they have um, satellite programs and they're like the Atlanta one is there's a full campus um, and the Lacoste one is by semester, but okay. the Hong Kong one, they also have a full campus. So it's the large, it's when I went there, it was the largest art school in the country, which was not why I went, but um, it was that alone. It just had more options for me. Yeah. Um, because I looked at like Parsons, I looked at FIT, um, I looked very, very briefly at RISD and I was like, my portfolio is not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Um, and, and it's also, it was closer, you know, to where I'm, where yeah. I live. So mm-hmm. I was comfortable with moving, but not like moving like way, way away. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. having to fly home every time was kind of like, um, I don't know oh, if I want to do yeah. that. So six hours, you know, well, Savannah, how, how far away is it's Savannah? It's four. Is it four hours? Yeah. Okay, yes. A little bit closer than Atlanta yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. Cause awesome. it's like towards the other side of the state. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. So did. wow. So how was the process of getting into SCAD? Was there like a so portfolio they, piece? There, yeah, you do have to submit a portfolio. Um, I don't remember like being very worried about it. Um, SCAD operates a little bit different from some other art schools in that they have a pretty open acceptance rate, but they have a pretty high dropout rate. So that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. They're mm-hmm. they don't. That I know plenty of friends who have maybe went there for a year or so and then left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, no judgment against that. You know, it's not the same thing. I did it at a, at a standard university and I went to an art school and felt much more familiar and much like just in my tribe. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think, like I had pretty good SAT scores and um, I didn't get any scholarships because I was transferring but oh really oh that's not how it works yeah oh, yeah if you that. transfer you don't get to have any like any of the um, out of school that scholarships makes yeah that makes sense that makes sense but wow it's crazy yeah. so I guess explain a little bit because obviously going to SCAD mm-hmm. versus the art you know studying art UNCG or somewhere else right, is probably a right. little different because SCAD is based around right, art right. as a whole curriculum so, so how was that for you the free piece of podcast is sponsored by Zipster specializing in custom websites and local design you don't have to lift a finger to look cool online visit zipster.com and see what they can do for you Instead of um, getting your gen ed classes in like the first two years and then advancing into your um, your uh, concentration specific classes, um, your gen ed with quotation marks are your drawing one, drawing mm-hmm. two, art theory, uh, art history. It's all those things, and then your your typical gen ed classes are kind of sprinkled in throughout there. So like. Um, I had one math class. I had one science class. You know, I didn't have wow. the same amount of um, 
requirements that a, a, a typical university would have. And then um, the assignments were, I don't know, they're probably similar to a way that a, 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 a university yeah. would be, where yeah. instead of like studying for a test, you had five-hour projects and 20-hour projects yeah. and and your teachers knew you know they could be like um you did not spend 20 hours on this, this. <laughs> yes that's exactly what they talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so I think people put like a weird stigma on like artists you know like them studying art because it's actually very hard i thought so and yeah. i'm not gonna knock anybody that's studying anything else but right. yeah it wasn't like if you have a skill at taking tests, you may not have to study for your, you know, I keep pulling this up, but your math test or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you can't not draw your drawing. <laughs> you, you can't. Exactly. You have to do the drawing or you yeah. have to make the garment or you have to do the painting. You know, it's not, you can't just not do it or try to half-ass it because it'll show. Yes, yes, absolutely. And because I know people who went to UNCG for art, obviously, mm -hmm. a lot of them I know. Sure, um, sure. And I mean, they were just in the studios for hours and yeah. hours and hours, um, high dropout uh, turnover rate, uh, yeah. dropout rates, yeah. and you know, it's a... It's a commitment. It's a very big commitment. Yeah. You know, a lot of people come out and say, you do art? You study in art? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I want you to come take this class, especially <laughs> art history, art theory. Yeah, like, yeah. Those are difficult classes. They're pretty crazy. That's amazing. So... You have to really love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, I mean, hopefully you are in yeah. art school. <laughs> you love it. My parents are listening. Yes, yes, I loved it. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, <laughs> Mom and Dad. Yes, yes. So a little bit more about SCAG. I don't want to know about it mm -hmm. myself. Sure. So when you were diving into your, were you doing fibers or were you doing anything with textiles? Like what were your... A little bit of there? everything. So I I, um, I got there and like I said, we didn't really get into the, the concentrations that we wanted to be in until at least the second year of school. Mm -hmm. um, just because um, sign-up rates, you, know, you couldn't sign up for the class first if you were a freshman it was it went from senior junior to you know everybody who was had seniority got to sign up for classes first so by the time you got around to it there wasn't any openings um but uh oh god i just lost train of thought um <laughs> nice nice no you're well good. done you were you were fine you're fine um but so i was in 3d art okay. class and fell in love with it was so enraptured with it the professor was just like one of those people that was um very open to you going off on your own tangent yes. he was like yeah go for it do yeah. it i love where you're going with this this is great um and i seriously contemplated 3d art for a long time called my parents about it and i was like this is really like i feel really inspired when i'm here and um but and I don't think this was a bad decision, but <laughs> I felt that fashion was a practical version of 3D art okay. because of the way that you construct a garment. Yeah. Um, so I was like, let me go with something that I could eventually find a job in. Okay. So uh, I had initially come to do fashion. I kind of got a little steered away when I saw some of the other things that I could do, which I just didn't even think of at the time. Absolutely. Um, and then came back to it. And yeah, we had a lot of foundational classes in fashion where mm -hmm. you could learn about weaving and dyeing. And um, we had to know how to sew because we had to sew our senior thesis. Oh, wow. Um, you had to do you it. You had to do it. Yeah, you, if nice. you, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever like paid someone else to do it, but it never came, like it's possible, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know of anybody doing that. And right. I never even, I don't think it even occurred to me. I probably should have. Well, by that point, I'm sure you probably we knew been sewing to sew. anyways. Yeah, we had been yeah. sewing for yeah. the, the, the 
three years previous. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. That's so crazy. So did your style kind of change oh, as yeah. you went through? Yeah, totally. Like, so how, how was the transition? Like, what, it, what did it go, how, go to? So, like, I want to say when I was first drawing, before I got, like, I had gotten into SCAD, and I was like, let me let me do some sketches of what I'm going to do. And I'm pretty sure it was primarily evening gowns. I feel like that's a lot of what people who think of going into the fashion industry, like, I'm going to make... Um, things that rock, walk down the runway and they're going to be these beautiful gowns and Valentino ain't got nothing on me and all that sort of thing. But mm. um, <laughs> no, it quickly de devolved into soft separates, which is like shirts and pants and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, yeah. I really got into menswear design. Um, I enjoyed having the uh, constraint because there's a lot of things that you can do in women's wear that you can't do in men's wear. Yeah. Um, you guys will not buy a pair of pants that don't have a pair of pockets. Nope. I mean, they won't sell. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, sure. <laughs> I have a bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't Dude, need pockets. I'll just carry my pocketbook around. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of things that are that won't sell. And I found that like I flourished in the constraint of men's wear. So I really went after men's wear junior year um and but we're i don't think i don't think i thought about doing it for my senior thesis or maybe i was steered away from it yeah possibly not that i'm knocking any of my professors but mm. um so yeah i did um my my junior year i made a men's wear collection and then my senior year i made a, a women's wear collection and but wow. it definitely um definitely morphed um, I had already started to dabble in organic fabrics in um, uh, things that were less harmful to the environment, predominantly natural fabrics. Awesome. Um, and that was 07, 08. So there wasn't a lot of resources. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny. I buy fabrics now from the co the company that I bought my senior thesis fabrics from. Still. Yeah, they changed their name. They they used to be Near Sea Naturals and now they're Organic Cotton Plus. That's cool. Yeah, so I was when I realized that they had name changed like when I first started sourcing for my collection, I was like, "Oh. Mm -hmm. It's like, Ooh, deja vu." What's up? <laughs> yeah, so were you dying back then? Um, your, your I didn't die anything. Okay. Actually, in school, I hated weaving and dyeing it was my least favorite thing to do because there was with weaving I felt very um bored okay. and with dyeing I didn't like how out of control you were because a lot of the times you would want this color but it didn't necessarily mean that that's what you would get and that's just something it's a learning curve I mean yes there's always going to be times when a color is going to come out wonky or different from what you expected yes but that loss of control during a time when I was so anal about control mm -hmm. was too much for me so it wasn't until much later in my career that I actually came back to both of them and I was like oh this shit's awesome yeah, it's badass. <laughs> like wow I'm missing out over the years yeah yeah so yes. I'm glad that I got the introduction to them yes um because that like allowed me to kind of subconsciously ferment over them yeah but um yeah I didn't really do them for a a good period of time. 
Wow, that's insane. We'll yeah. definitely come back to that in a little bit. Totally. But more about Scatter, because I want to kind of see how these collections were when you, the men's collections and the women's collections. Oh, yeah. So, they were totally different. The yeah. guys' collection was, uh, there was florals in it. Um, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> it why I want to get on. Like, what, yeah. what were they? Yeah, there was like a, a sheer floral vest trench thing. There was some jeans. There was, um, there was a button-up shirt with an integrated, like, swaggy collar thing um uh yeah and a really cute model that walked it so that oh, was nice yes, yeah yeah i was wondering <laughs> so like how are you how is it graded like what's the critique on it like is it that is uh, i mean it's a standard critique so yeah. like the um the models will put the garments on and okay. they'll stand on the platform yeah. and as if it was a drawing or a painting or a sculpture gotcha. and the professors will tear it apart <laughs> that's why i was wondering if it was like that for people who have, you know don't know yeah, yeah. how that works it's true it's true there's um um, uh, I had, I remember I made, um, I made a garment and I think it was either the f- second critique for the senior collection and it just got like ripped to pieces, <laughs> like just destroyed. The, the professors are just standing there like super unemotional, you know, like, so, um, what really made you decide to do this? Like, just like, and you're, you have to, you're on the spot having to explain where your concept came from. And all I could think was, I was just like, just, just get home, just, just get through this, and just get home, and just curl up in the bed, and it's fine, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just gotta get through this. Um, so yeah, it's very similar to typical critiques. It's mm-hmm. just there's also a live body wearing the the piece of just art. Hearing all of this, yes. and you're there just like, which is also so embarrassing because I mean they do it, and you don't at at a certain point you you don't think about it but yeah. like when it first starts and you're only getting harsh words it's like can you like plug earmuffs like plug your ears for a little bit it's like, hey, shut up. Please just don't listen to this please <laughs> yeah oh, and that's probably where the high dropout rate came from yeah yeah yep. i mean it's it's they the, there's a reason for it it works there's there's no question about it but mm-hmm. yeah it's not fun it does not feel good yes <laughs> i tell you that's why i love interviewing artists because it's like people just like oh your life is so great ah, you just, this is like no, no actually it's no, a it's, lot of <laughs> wrong turns all the time i mean it's like doing a presentation at work and the the people who are there mm-hmm. you know they see you're unprepared or they don't agree with what you've done it's very similar yeah. you know and yeah. and maybe they're a little bit more polite about it because they're not you're superiors or they're not your mentors but very same absolutely yeah and were there any internships um so i thought about this when i saw your 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 um your list and so i didn't be i didn't do internships during school um because like i i asked my dad i was like so how do you feel about paying for an apartment in new york for three months (laughs) and he was like hmm no. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Daddy, why don't you love me? What the hell? <laughs> and uh, in my mind at the time, if you weren't in New York, then there wasn't, like, there wasn't anything other than New York mm-hmm. for fashion. Like, yeah. that's, like, it was a very limited view. Um, it took me getting out of school and seeing the world to be like, oh, there are other places. How fascinating. <laughs> So, um, since I couldn't go to New York, I was like, well, fine, I'm not going to do them. Um, but 
the and we can talk about this later the job the main job that I had after graduating basically was an internship that then manifested into a job so um, so no I didn't have any during school Um, I graduated in 08 which uh, I'm not sure if you remember this was slightly bad year for the the whole country oh god that's the recession yeah yeah so art was not a forthcoming job yeah. when I graduated and immediately went into retail and waiting tables. So, you know, Gosh. yay, four so year degree. That's nuts. That's, I'm actually, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. So how do you keep up your, I guess, focus and determination of being an artist? Oh, in I didn't. Time? I was burnt out so completely. Like, I was done. I'm good. I'm, I was done with it. I was in the process. Like I got as far as signing up to take the GRE because I was like okay I'm just going to go back and get something else because this is I so at the time I graduated I was frustrated with how the professors wanted I wanted to go off in a different direction which was more avant-garde and they wanted me to stay in a they liked what I was making and Mm -hmm. they wanted me to keep making that and I didn't want to do that anymore I wanted to move on so I didn't get a lot of direction um, on the last pieces that I was making because of that um I didn't like, like I said, I didn't like that everything had to happen in New York. Um, I didn't like that there was so much waste at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't like um, how at the fast fashion was kind of just uh, burgeoning. So it was just growing. And I didn't like what that was doing to the industry and to the world as a whole. So I was just like, "Mm -mm, this is, I thought briefly about doing um, magazines, but magazines were dying. So, yes, <laughs> so was it was a, just like, yes. oh, everything sucks. Yes. Never mind. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was completely burned out. I didn't make things for a, maybe like a solid four or five years. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, like I said, I waited tables. I lived in Asheville for a little while. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I came back to, um, to this area, um, like High Point, um, mm-hmm. Greensboro and all, uh, when my father called me on a day after I'd had a double, I'd worked um, in Victoria's Secret. Oh. Yes, I was a manager at Victoria's <laughs> Secret. That's where my four-year degree got me. Um, worked a, a shift at Victoria's Secret and then worked another shift at, um, at the taco bar or some sort of like Mexican. Very great combination. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, it's like, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. I'm driving home and my dad's like, so I hadn't planned on asking you this now, but would you be interested in coming to work for me? And he just, I mean, he's a salesman. So he hit me at a perfect time. And I was like, sure, let's do it. I got out of my, yeah, I got out of my lease a month early. So I technically only lived in Asheville for 11 months. Liar. (laughs) She said a year. Got out of my lease, came home, and started working for my father um, April 11th, 2011. That's mm-hmm. how I remember it, yeah, because it was 11. Wow, 11. nice. Yeah. So my father owns a furniture manufacturing plant. Mm-hmm. He makes furniture for the House of Representatives, the wow. Senate, um, the Mayo Clinic. He makes recliners for hospitals. That's nice. Um, he makes furniture for law offices. It's called corporate furniture as opposed to residential furniture yes so he makes furniture for corporate environments and i grew up i mean he's the business has been open a year longer than me so it's 
35 years old. Um, I grew up knowing about it, but also knowing that my father made ugly furniture, so I was never interested in it. <laughs> I can kind of see in my head part what that was. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, it started out only like office chairs for judges. So it was like really big and leather and yes. old and clunky. Um, so. I had never, like, I'd, he'd asked me before I went to SCAD, he's like, would you like to go for furniture design? Because they had a furniture design program. Uh, and I was like, um, I love you, but no. Like, nah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so he he was like, I just had to let someone go. You would be you would be in receptionist, or as a receptionist, and you would get, um, this would be your salary, you'd be full-time, you get benefits, you get a 401k. And I was like, say what? He was like, what's, what's yeah. that? Did you say health insurance? Wait. <laughs> I'm coming home. I, I'll be there in a, a jiffy. Just wait. Yeah. So um, I at the time in Asheville, I had a two-bedroom apartment. Um, wow. Well, it was not in downtown Asheville. And what? this was before it got, like, okay. inundated. Okay, that's very true. Back yeah, in yeah. Two, early 2011. In 2011, yeah, it yeah. was not – it was just starting to, to explode. Yeah. yeah, and I was in technically in Woodfin, the apartment was, but um, – but I mean, I, almost every month I was calling my parents asking for help. Mm -hmm. um, the second bedroom was my studio, but I never used it. You oh, know, yeah, it was just like, yeah. it, I was treading water. So it just wasn't, I wasn't going anywhere. And I didn't explore Asheville like I really should have because I was just like, not, not there really. Yeah. Um, so I came home, um, lived with my parents for a hot minute and then bought a house Yes. Um, in High Point because... I, at the time, I didn't like Greensboro, and <laughs> wow. I mean, back then it was probably a different place. It was probably well, I didn't know it very well either. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. just like, I don't like it. Um, yeah. I looked in Winston, but that was like a forty-five minute drive. Yes, so I bought a fixer-upper that was um, foreclosed upon. Uh, really enjoyed flipping. I flipped a home. Oh, uh, <laughs> so that's Lindsay. Multiple income. That's right. I gotta have that. That right. multiple income streams. So I flipped a home. Um, that, and at the, while I was, um, finishing up that house, I met my partner and he started showing me Greensboro and like mm -hmm. how it could be. Um, and then we moved in together and then we started looking for another home mm -hmm. and bought one in, um, Lindley Park. Yes. And that was another, uh, we... We, we realized that our budget was only open to buying fixer-uppers. Yeah, so, hey, <laughs> so we like that. Yeah, so we bought another fixer-upper, and um, we flipped that one. I say flipped, but I didn't, like, like, it's it was over the span of, like, two or three years. So it yeah. wasn't like, oh, we're done in nine months, and now we're ready to go. It was not like the reality TV shows. That's, that's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not, not. Not like that at all. It was like, okay, which credit card can I buy these lamps on? And yes. <laughs> next month I'll buy the sink or something like yes. that. So, yes. Um, but I, so I was doing that, um, and then, at, like, growing it excuse me, growing in my father's business. Mm -hmm. um, every couple of months he'd be like, hey, so how do you feel about taking over this business when I when I uh, retire? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, sure. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, I'm sure back then you was like. <laughs> what? Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> don't, don't judge, Dad. Um, so, uh, so I was receptionist, and I moved up to um, customer service. Then I moved up to sales. Um, so I was traveling and, and making sales calls. 
um, then I took on um, designing and I was doing all of the print work, not all of it, I was, I was um, head of the print work. So like we would put together a brochure and I'd go over it and you know, like do this and change this color and blah, blah, blah. And doing the design for um, the showrooms and stuff like that. Cause dad, sweet dad, he was like, you like fabrics? Just put some fabrics on this furniture. And I was like, thanks, I guess, for like giving me a bone, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> it came from the heart. It did. Though. It yeah. did. Yeah. He was trying to help. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, I was there for about, um, it was about three or four years in. And I said, no, this, this is, <laughs> no. I mean, thanks, but no. <laughs> and then my dad got cancer. So, yeah, he got a cancer called multiple myeloma, which is a um, bone cancer. Okay. And that stopped everything because you, everything kind of halts when someone gets cancer in oh, your family. Oh, uh, yes, I've been through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just, you, everybody just circles around that person and like, okay, what do we need to do? So um, I kind of sought out, I had been literally about to talk to him about you know what's the what's the phase out for me because this isn't the right fit for me I'm not happy I'm actually kind of starting to get a little depressed Mm -hmm. and then this happened and then um he had to get a stem cell transplant which is where they kill as many stem cells in his body as they can so it basically had dead blood um and they replace it with someone else's stem cells in the hope that his body will replicate those stem cells so that um, he won't make the cancer gene anymore. Um, And that meant that he, on a molecular level, he would be a different person. So he he got the stem cell transplant from a female. So like, if you look at his blood, he has two X's, (laughs) which is mind blowing to me. Yeah, just like taking this bag of blood that's filled with stem cells and he's changed like every everything. everything yeah so he only produces her stem cells now he does not produce his own anymore wow so he was technically cured um but the process to replace the stem cells is a year long so Ugh. i had to um take over running a company yeah. for uh for at, at least a year but like running up to that um I was with Trinity full time for seven years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there was about three years where I was pretty miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say that <laughs> while sound. my father was going through cancer. Yeah. Um, and while uh, for for me, like my personal life was being affected as well. Like we were living in a home that was constantly being worked upon. Um, we didn't get to see each other very often. Mm, you know, it yeah. just everything was just kind of like. yeah yeah so um when he was able to come back in on a regular basis uh i was just like "Ah, i'm sorry i love you so much you are amazing you've built this amazing company i'm so proud of you i don't want it it's Mm -hmm. i just can't take it and it was it was oh it hurt so much to see how crestfallen he was um and he still asks me he's like do you you want to come back? Like, and I'm like, it's okay, Dad. I'm doing great. I did Thanks. My time. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Um, and so my partner is also a creative. He's a musician. Awesome. So uh, seeing him make it work, like seeing him 
figure out how to make a day job and his his passion happen at the same time really opened me up to the idea of it and I I at that point I was you know 30 29 30 and I realized that I don't have to move the internet has made things readily available to anybody who wants to start a business. I know how to do all the things to make clothing, so I don't have to pay someone to build this for me. I can do this in a way that's scrappy and um, and within my beliefs and not feel like a jerk for putting shit out into the world yes. and then having it end up in the landfill. Yes. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. That's crazy, and that's what happens with a lot of these uh, fast fashion. Fast fashion, yeah. And for yeah. people who don't know what fast fashion is, sure. can you kind of explain what that I is? I sure can. Yeah. So fast fashion is literally um, something walks down the runway in a in a fashion show, and a brand replicates it or is inspired by it yes. and produces it in about two weeks. Right. So right. Uh, like very it's quick. Very quick. Yeah. It's generally made with um, with harmful fabrics like polyester mm-hmm. um it's generally made poorly mm-hmm. by people who are not paid a living wage and who are in probably very dangerous situations yes. um there is a a building collapse in 2007 at, called rana plaza and that was in india and like i should have i should have looked this up before we did this but yeah. i want to say 500 people died Ugh. and that i mean there, wow. there's situations where they're chained to the sewing machines yes, they're uh, not allowed to leave yeah. they 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 are not allowed to take bathroom breaks you know there's yeah. so many things that are associated with the fashion industry that like as i grew more into it in school and i found out about them i was like why would i want to be associated with this this mm-hmm. is disgusting and this hurts my heart and i don't yeah. i don't like anything that this stands for mm-hmm. so it was important to me to understand that i i needed to create to feel good because that, like i said i was at the time depressed and not making anything and sleeping all the time and overweight and you know all of that fun stuff yeah <laughs> been there <laughs> Yeah, and so I needed to create something to feel good, and I just needed to figure out a way to do it that I didn't feel terrible at the end of the day. Absolutely, and that's really you hand making things, making kind of making things from by myself yes. using materials that are natural. That will, if it does end up in the landfill, that's the other thing with fast fashion. It's being worn maybe two or three times, and then. then it's- done and then people may donate it but most of the clothes that go to donations uh don't end up being purchased again so Mm -hmm. they end up eventually in the landfill and then as we know plastics don't but don't break down yep so it's just more and more trash and stuff that we're surrounded by so i only use natural materials um i have a practice of uh design called zero waste so either the pattern doesn't have any textile offfall or if it does i reuse it um yeah so like the pieces here i had a pattern and this is actually um nick hold on crap zero waste (laughs) (laughs) positive because i've actually taken scraps from another clothing company to use to build something so i'm using mine and their waste to um collage together more pieces so like this is just chunks that are left over from the pattern. I pin them together, um, kind of a version of quilting. I'm not technically quilting because that would be three layers. Yeah. Um, but it makes a piece like this 
where um, I can build clothing out of repurposed textiles. So that's one way that I do it. Um, after, if I have like really small pieces, like serger strings, um, end cutoffs, I weave those into um, other things. I should have planned ahead of time and like had yeah, something you're else. Good. You're good. No, there's so many cool things. I mean, I'll take photos of all of this. Okay, cool, leave. cool. Um, so yeah, like on my on my looms, I um, I have you know pieces of fabric that I'm sticking in. Um, even the threads, like I'll I'll bunch a whole bunch of colored threads up together and shove it in, and um, yeah, just making sure that what I produce does not create a waste yes. as, as much as I can. Yeah, you much know. as you can. Obviously, yeah. some of it's kind of hard to avoid. It's but true, still, yeah. But you're still mostly green. I'm mostly green. Green, sustainable. Yes. And then I, it was actually an economical reason for me to do, to dye, because it meant that I only had to keep like one or two colors in stock, and mm -hmm. then I could dye it whatever color I wanted it oh, to be. Oh, that's true. So, um, and then the, knowing that I'm dyeing it using, um, water safe dyes so they're dyes mm -hmm. that are okay to go into our water system or a natural dye so they're made out of tree bark or roots or Sick. seeds you know like things like that um i knew that that way it was being produced mindfully and i wouldn't have to worry about the heavy carcinogens that are in a lot of the dyes mm -hmm. there's um a saying in india you can know what the fashion trend is going to be next year by the color of the river because oh. of all the dyes washing oh, into I didn't it. Think about that. Yeah. So, and this is the river water that they drink Look from, of, yeah. that they wash with. Toxic. It's just disgusting. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so that's nice and and fun little chat, right? That was. <laughs> I love it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm being very informed. I had no clue. I know about fast fashion right, and like right. how what goes behind the scenes of those companies. I'm not right. name those companies because I'm not trying to get sued or anything. But, um, <laughs> I think you can kind of put two and two together and figure out what companies yeah, those are. Yeah. Um, but I love that because it's like you don't have no sweatshops. This is all you, right? Like, you know what right. I'm saying? I mean, this is this makes me want to, you know, invest yeah. in your stuff. Oh. Which, you know, it's, it's great. Thank you. It's very awesome. Thank you. So let's go into your process. Sure. Of, like, you're making these pieces because I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm in your studio, and I took a photo of the studio for people to see it. But I'm just like, where do you start? I mean, like, <laughs> are you filming through magazines? Are you getting it from? Inside, getting inspiration from on the outside. Mm -hmm. Like, where where is this coming from? So. Um, I still pay attention to the shows, so mm -hmm. I still, uh, like, we just had um, Spring Summer 2020, um, so I, I still watch fashion shows, and uh, I I see shapes and patterns all the time, mm -hmm. you know, and I, it may be something like, like, I'll see a, I'm just arbitrarily picking something, like a bridge archway, and I'll be like, that would be a really cool arm, like an arm shape, a cuff or a, or a shoulder sleeve. So I interpret um, architecture and um, life and uh, yeah, yeah. art and all sorts of things. And then I, I reinterpret into a garment. Um, cool. A lot of what I do is, again, I, I've, I've put restraints upon myself, like how menswear was for me, but I've put restraints upon myself where when I'm first designing an item, it isn't necessarily zero waste. That comes next. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes it'll be like, okay, so if you put this, if you lay the pattern down this way, it'll change the length of, you know, the hem, but it'll also mean you don't have any off fall. So it's, it's, it's a combination of um, the pattern drafting, the inspiration that I feel that I, um, 
accept into me constantly. Mm -hmm. um, it's seeing where colors and trends are going um, on the high-end scale because I am not <laughs> not a runway designer. <laughs> that is not what I'm going after. Um, yeah, and just and also the pieces that I want to have in my own closet. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and the yeah. pieces that I feel drawn to. Right, right. At the school, you're making stuff that you actually wear. Yeah, yeah, you know? and I make things that are a wearable for other genders that mm -hmm. are um, I'm currently currently crossing my fingers working on opening up my size range because I had most of my pieces were one size because of stock I don't I can't keep a whole bunch of stock and yeah. keeping a whole size run just like quadruples or I don't know what the bigger number after is. <laughs> quintuples Queen. I don't know I don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> It, oh my god it, i gotta look it up after this it, it double double doubles double double doubles <laughs> my uh my stock that i need to keep so as a made to order brand where i only make it really if i have an order for it wow um, okay so it's called it's it's custom? it's very it can be custom okay, yeah, yeah yeah but i i saw how furniture was manufactured by my father where yeah. um they would they would have the pattern pieces cut in the rack but they wouldn't build the furniture until they had the order in-house so then they had a longer lead time than say rooms to go does yeah but it's made to your specifications with the mm. wood finish that you want with the fabric that you want the way that you want it and that mindset one you don't have a whole bunch of stock yes. it's better for Waste. everything you yep. don't have to um you know put things on sale when it doesn't sell mm -hmm. um i don't have to have a whole bunch of invest investment in inventory mm -hmm. which from the standpoint of not wanting to be in debt makes a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> there was a lot of reasons to why I built that model. And then um, it's kind of, it's kind of morphed as I've grown because when I receive wholesale orders, I don't want to tell them eight weeks to produce 30 garments. So I do have some stock built in pieces that have been performers. So I don't build stock on um, new items until I've seen how they do and I've looked at projections and that sort of thing. But like pieces that I've had in the line for a year or two, then I can feel comfortable yes. in building more of them. Yeah, so as far as these projections, yeah. like where are you seeing these projections? So um, it, it happened, it's hard because projections, you have to have history to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. so you have to, um, like you at the end of the year, I take a look at what I've sold, where I've sold it, what colorways I've sold it in, build a um, spreadsheet, and then project within my mind how many other businesses I'm going to reach out to, how many pieces I should make next year. That's, oh, that's amazing. Oh, it's that's, <laughs> that's hard work. For people listening that aren't in this industry, like that's really, really hard. It's very I mean, it's, kind of forecasting. It's, too. it's forecasting. It's it's a lot of business. Yeah. I mean, if you want to if you want to run a I mean, I consider myself an artist, mm -hmm. but I manufacture. So yeah. I make a product that is uh, I can make multiples of something, and then I also make one of a kind things. Yes. So, mm -hmm. and then I also do private label, private label um, dyeing for companies as well. So there's a lot of different aspects of me. The brand is a manufactured product. Yes, absolutely. And I'm talking about something that's you know people always hit you no know, as far as bumps in the road. Yeah. So have you ever, how, how do you go about making something that is not successful? Like how oh, did, yeah. I mean, does that discourage you? Like how do you kind of fight through the discouragement? That, um, so I made a dress out of recycled sari silk. Um, 
that I then over dyed with indigo because sorry, sorry, silk is often really, really bright colors. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was sourcing a material that had already been used. You know, it was it, the life cycle of it had already been finished. So I was already adding back and in, in recycling. Um, but the uh, labor to make the garment that I had envisioned was a lot higher than what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a struggle to find the right market for me to, to put this dress that was more expensive than I normally priced my garments at. Yes. So that actually, yes. it was a struggle, but it also helped me grow because it meant I reached out to stores that I hadn't reached out to before. And I had this thing that was now in their price point. Um, so is, as I build my line, it's important to me because I'm well aware that these prices are not they're they're not inclusive you know not everybody can afford yes. to buy a slow fashion garment Absolutely. i understand that completely mm -hmm. i'm not the first choice the first thing you should do is shop your closet the second mm -hmm. thing you should do is buy vintage the third thing you should do and it should be a much lower third is buy slow fashion yes. so i am i know that if you are having trouble paying the light bill buying a you know $45, 50 $80 t-shirt is just not feasible. Not yeah. yeah, I get that. Absolutely. So because of that, I try to, as much as possible, try to hit multiple tiers of price points with my garments. So right. Right. the dress that I made, which ended up after I found the right market to sell it to, I was able to sell it, um, was for one price point, while then, you know, say like a scarf is for a different price point. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And here I'm gonna come back to kind of your what well, goes into the price and everything in a minute. But yeah. like you mentioned shopping around for different businesses to kind of yeah. sell your stuff. Lots so, of Instagram sleuthing. Yes. Is that what you usually do? <laughs> Predominantly. Okay. Um it's also uh so I started out doing craft shows, which is um you you apply to be in a show, you're, you're looked at by a jury, uh, and then you go to the show, you pay for the booth, you go to the show, and you sell your wares there. Um, that's one model, uh, and a lot of people oh, wow. still still do that. You know, yeah. you, you can go to, I think, hand-to-hand -hand market. Yes, is, shout out to Tristan. <laughs> that's one. Mm, yes. Um, and so I was doing that to try to get a feel for what people thought of my garments. Like, yes. how does this fit? So I can put it on as many bodies as possible. Yes. So what do you think about this? How does this fit? You don't like this garment. Okay, let me mark that down. Mm -hmm. um, and as I'm doing these shows, um, I'm building my Instagram presence. I'm also starting to tentatively reach out to some sh stores. Um, and it was at one show that I was approached by a store. Uh, and then the next show I was approached by a store. So it was, yeah. it, it was not my intention, but it just happened that while I was at a show, I had two wholesale accounts open up. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Can you yeah. explain how to wholesale? I was not getting, dive into your, you know. Sure. No, no, no. I'm, I'm an open book about that stuff. If you want yes. to talk about business, I, I worked in manufacturing. So yes. like, I know how that Absolutely. works and Absolutely. that's something that um, I'm always open to, to helping people with. Awesome. So yeah. yeah, if you don't mind then, yeah. How yeah. does the wholesaling process work? So, so the, so the garments that I construct, they have to have three things from the beginning. They have to have labor, materials, and overhead. Mm -hmm. Overhead entails the rent for my building, maintenance on my machines, mm -hmm. um, thread, dye, you know, the things that I don't factor into the garment price. Yes. Then you multiply that by two. Okay. So the, the multiplication um, is my profit. So two of labor overhead materials, that's what I make. Then you multiply it by another number, generally, 
two to three okay. for the whole from to go from wholesale to retail. Right. And you do that because the store has to make a profit. Yes. They have to pay employees and insurance and rent just the same as as we do. Yes. So uh, I have built my model to be a wholesale account. Not all slow fashion brands do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way that I work. Um, I prefer to have someone else sell my garments rather than me be the face and have to do all of the pushing so like i have people who are on the ground in lots of different cities and states that are selling me as opposed to me having to travel and and do the same thing so it's just that's why i went wholesale versus just i do have a website but that is not my main mode of business right so like people can also buy your stuff in a variety of different stores all around the country. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yes. they can also come to you. Correct. You can Correct. kind of run two different things. Yes. That's yes. wild. So how are you? And is is it just you, it's just you making these clothes, right? So I make the clothes. Um, I do have a seamstress who does 95% of the sewing. Okay. Um, I have, I'm working on doing more of that out of house because as long as I can find a manufacturer who is in the United States, because mm-hmm. that's an important aspect to me, um, hopefully in North Carolina, that has um, you know safe and, and good business practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but currently, the arrangement that I have with seamstresses is working out really great for yes, me. Yes, I've heard that yeah. they're usually very well. Very yeah, well yeah. and I have, I have a rapport with them. I have a relationship with them. You know, mm-hmm. I can text them when I see something wrong, like, hey, I don't like the way this seam looks, and, you know, bring it back, and it's fine. So. Yes. Yeah, I think I talked with Annie. You know Ann, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she kind of gave me a little rundown on how that works yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. Um, so... With you, I mean, working these wholesalers, obviously, you got to crank out. They put in a lot of orders. Yeah. And you're kind of yeah. like, you know. And this so. is, so this year, I tripled my wholesale accounts. Um, Amazing. And yes. It's, it's cool, but it's also <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> and it's interesting. I've, I've, had, I've had a really lucky time in that I haven't had a lot of um, accounts that are, um, they're, everybody's really understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody is open to the fact that, you know, uh, I'm I'm a one-person shop, yes. and they're not really yes. pushy about time frames. Um, my standard lead time is between two and four weeks. Um, I've taken a little bit longer with a few accounts, and I've been you know slapped on the wrist about it. So it's 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 yeah. a learning process. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah, like absolutely. I said, projections, getting more information about what you should have built up in stock, and yes. and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's a lot that goes behind that. Yeah, that's cool. It's, <laughs> I love people coming. It's, it's fascinating, it's right? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, Let's talk about numbers. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm mean, gonna say, I mean, art is great, but yeah, if you want to get into business, like mm-hmm. this is definitely, I mean, this is the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. So do you, do you ever think you'll get someone to help you out? As, oh yeah. As you expand, yeah. Like, you making these? Um, we we talked about moving studios. Once I move studios, um, I have I've already have someone who is like I'm waiting whenever you're ready we'll we'll work together okay. um and then I also want to work with um the colleges nearby and uh, work on wondering, yeah. interns um yeah. because I think it would be interesting for someone who maybe is considering going into the fashion industry but trying it a different way um I can say that I probably it I think I've spent in the beginning about $5,000, but I could have done that on credit alone. So I did not actually have any capital that I invested when I first started the brand. And that in and of itself 
is not normal whenever yeah. you start a fashion brand. Like yeah. there's a book called How to Start a Fashion Brand or something like that. <laughs> really? Like something really. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and the, like the first chapter, it's like, you should have $20,000. And it's like, oh, oh, wait. It's like, excuse me? I don't have that. And it, that's to pay for your materials yeah. and pay for the labor and pay yeah. for the over, you know, all the things that before you actually sell something, you have to cover. So building my brand this way where I'm responsible for a lot of the things it's made to order. So I don't have a lot of, you know, all the things that we've talked about meant that I didn't have to put a whole bunch of money up front. Yes. I could just, as I grew, I could add or subtract, you know, whatever I felt comfortable doing to make the decision about how I would grow as a business. Yes. Wow. That's insane. Mm. It's great. Don't you love it? <laughs> I do. I do. If I didn't, I would not be yeah, doing we it. We wouldn't be sitting here right now if you didn't love it. So one thing about the wholesalers, I want to. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to dive into what was going in your head when you got the first. Oh deal yeah. Or your first account. Like, yeah. How was that for you? Well, so I was at a show in Atlanta, and it was bombing. It was going so terribly. The only people who were walking around with other vendors, there was nobody at the show. And yeah. we were all like, have you met any sales? Have you met any sales? It was like, <laughs> and the social media coordinator for the show, because it was a good show. It was just like, for some reason that week, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the social media coordinator for the show came in, bought something from me, and she was like, your stuff is great. Yes. You would do really great at this store. Reach out to them and tell them that I said, hey, and that I recommended you. So I DM'd them. And she placed an order right then. Like no I was way. texting pictures uh, or DMing pictures of um, pieces that I had in the sh- in my booth at the time. And she's like, "Yeah, give me two of those. One of these. Can you drop them off before you leave?" And I was like, "Okay, okay." What? Yeah. So um, she was. I, I I love. It's a store in Atlanta in the Pont City Market um, called yes. Co- Coco and Misha. Mm-hmm. They are um, near and dear to my heart. Melissa and Shelley. Um, amazing, amazing women who are focused on slow fashion and, um, and were my first account. That's cool. It was very cool. It was very cool. I was like, somebody wants to buy my shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. All the years. Yeah. So like they placed an order, then they placed an order the next month and they placed another order the next month. No way. And it was, I mean, it didn't stay that way, but it was just, that was the first time yeah like they were like hey can we get 10 of these and i was like i've never done 10 sure what is 10 (laughs) 10 of what 10 10? huh okay um yeah it was very cool and then i was doing a show in uh nashville called porter flea Mm -hmm. and a girl walked in and she goes, I saw you on Porter Flea's Instagram. I came to the show specifically for you. She bought um, a jacket and a shirt. And I was like so flustered. I was like, 25% off. You can you can have for because you came to see me. Yes. And then I'm like beating myself over the head. Like, why did you give her so yeah, much of a discount? Why did you do She was, she was gonna, gonna buy, buy it, it anyway. And then it turns out that she was the manager for three stores in Nashville. And she was like, after I wore my jacket, I got so many compliments on it. We want to carry you in the store. So it's just, it's very organic. Um, Once they carried me in the store, then uh, a a musician saw my stuff and she wanted to wear me on tour. And it just like kind of snowballed from there, which is, yeah, it just takes like one thing and then it can grow. 
It's up to everyone. I mean, it's, it really takes one person wearing it, one mm-hmm. person buying it, you know, just to change everything for you. Very true. And it's, that's, I mean, mar- it's kind of the best marketing, too, is, you know, kind of like just Word wearing of mouth. something. Word yeah. of mouth is the best marketing. It it's is. free. It is, yeah. You know, and depending on who's, you know, who, who's doing it, is you can change your whole world. So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, I guess, kind of winding it down, mm-hmm. Where do you, do you, obviously you move into a new studio, mm-hmm. which is going to be yeah. super sick. I yes. kind of gave me a little tour of it. Yeah. Um, looks amazing, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it looks really good. Looks like it's another box. <laughs> Yay. It's a great box. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of where do you see, do you see your style kind of changing over the years? I'm sure. Of course it's always changing, yeah. but do you have anything that you like? Are kind of on your bucket list to do with like your clothing? Like, mm, what are you, what good are you question. To do? So, the part of the reason why we wanted to go to a bigger studio is I don't currently die most of the time in the studio. D Y E, mm. not D I E. I die every day. <laughs> um, so, I don't die a lot here unless I'm doing a private label job. Um, so, in the bigger studio, I'll be able to die on a different scale. I'll be able to paint. Um, paint on my fabrics which mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do because you need to stretch the fabric out yes. um, so there'll be more surface design um, I, like I said I intend to have uh, to get an intern or an interns and also assistants and yes. um, eventually paid employees yes. not 80 like how I was when I was at Trinity but like I've, I envision you know at the max like five employees yeah. and you know paying them a living wage, hopefully being able to support them, yes. you know, in, in, in like event, eventually a full-time position with benefits and that sort of thing. Cause that's something that's very important to me. That will be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, in terms of my style, um, it's always going to be a focus on creating things that I can be proud of mm-hmm. that I don't worry about how they will, how the life cycle of them will end up. Um, I'd like to, um, make like, take back programs available so after you've worn a garment you can send it back to me and I can repurpose it and you get a discount off of buying something else or you can sell it back you know I don't know yet it's still something that I that's different well I want to I want to make sure again that the life cycle is is responsible yes so wasting yeah yeah sustainable exactly I love that yeah awesome thank you so one point I want to hit on yeah and this is very important because you are this is your everyday job yes this is it, this so is it. how are you what's the where's the, where's the balance where's oh, the life balance there's I mean, that's, none there's yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, can you like, ah, I'm, all, I'm all day yeah i work yeah. all the time i work all the time all day yeah. um you know we we've talked about like passions ebbing and flowing and mm-hmm. i have no idea what i'm going to be doing in two years or yep. 10 years you know i might do this for another month and then be like you know what peace out I'm done. Uh, <laughs> it, it does yeah, it, it does um, so right now I really enjoy what I do mm-hmm. and I get up in the morning and I'm excited to come here. And when that stops, then I'm going to stop. Yeah. And that's the way I see it. But in my daytime, I'm, I don't turn off. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that okay. is something that I talk about quite frequently with my partner because yes. whenever he calls me and he's like, I haven't seen you. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put everything down and we're going to spend time yeah, together. Well, okay. Exactly. Okay, I like yeah. That. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's great because he he's also a, a creative so he knows you know when you're in in something you've got to yes, you've got to stay with it mm-hmm. and he's also very busy so whenever we we make time for each other basically yes, yes. and um 
a lot of my friends are also in the same industry. Yep. So, you know, I, I run, I have friends all over the country from different shows that I've done. So like I'm going to Greenville next weekend, um, and I'll, you know, meet some friends, go out to dinner with them. Um, I'm doing, uh, like a, uh, practice session session like a re, um, a refresher on um screen printing with a friend of mine Sick. um and she was like hey i'm gonna come to, to greensboro to go to a show you want to do the refresh the, during the day and then we'll go to the show together you know so you just yeah. you figure out a way to to merge yeah. yeah you make it work yeah absolutely and then try to eat and sleep and exercise as well that <laughs> i'm telling you everyone i mean obviously being freelance is amazing and there's some freedom to it but sure. at the same time it's like you're there's working a lot of a discipline lot more, it's a lot of discipline yeah yeah you're working a lot more than you would at a traditional job very true very I mean, true yeah never turns off it's always business i'm here and then i go home and i eat dinner and then i get on the computer and i work until you know I can't work anymore. Yeah, and then I wake up, and then I get on the computer and do other computer work, and then I come here and I work. So it's, it. I really, I don't. I tried to use like apps that tell you how, but I, I never can remember to turn it on when I start something. So I need yeah. to. That's something I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really. I can't stop. It's yeah. because if I stop, I feel guilty. Yeah. Like I'm like I should be. I should be doing this thing, doing or I should be working on this. <laughs> I have a, a checklist to check off. Exactly. I have, every day I have something I need to accomplish. It's, it's. I've taped it to the table so that I can stay on task. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. All right. Did that. Did that. Yep. Did that. Yep. And I've got like this needs to be done this week. This needs to be done. So. I had it. I had like a checklist in my phone, and it was. It wasn't. I can't do phones. Well, I like, like the process of crossing something see, out because yes, yeah. I was like, yes. Yes. Even if it's like, take the trash out. You was like, yes. <laughs> I did it. I did it. <laughs> but even with like planners, all that, I can't do my phone. Mm-mm. I can't do it. I Mm-mm. just, I won't remember it. No, I don't either. And even with alerts and all that crap. No, I really have, a, I have an actual planner. Yep. Blah blah. And if yes, I'm with a client, I'll take notes in my phone. But yes. but that's just so I then write them down later on. Exactly. You got to find your your yeah. your way to work. Everyone's different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is a good thing. It makes you know artists beautiful. Yeah. Everyone's different. Yes. Yeah. Free pizza. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing, I sure. want some. Obviously, you dropped some great knowledge on us throughout this whole entire interview. But a couple words of advice for people sure. maybe you want to get into the fabric industry or fashion or just any art form mm-hmm. at all. So. Yeah. Any sort of freelance art. Um, yes. So. A lot of I thought about this because a lot of them are a little cliche, Which but is fine. Um, uh, listen to your gut mm-hmm. because uh, there was there's something I read by Ira Glass and he's like when you first start you're gonna see what you're making and you're gonna get depressed because it's not what you want it's mm-hmm. not as good as you want it to be yeah. and that is okay because what it means is that you're seeing that you can be better and you just have to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And he said it like of course much more eloquently than I did because <laughs> it's Ira Glass, um, but. When your gut is telling you like, no, this isn't done or this isn't ready, but someone was like, oh yeah, this is great. You need to listen to what your gut is saying. Um, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I definitely had, um, I had a plan in place for how I was gonna do this. You know, like I said, I, I sold a house. Um, I worked at a at a nine to five job for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put in my hours at that job learning how to do these sort of things that I now use but at the same time I I just I I worked both jobs um Megan Eileen and Trinity Furniture for a year and then jumped in full full steam ahead so just do it I mean if 
if it bombs, it bombs. It's still like yeah. you can still look back and be like, look, I did it rather yes. than being sad that you like, never tried. The what ifs. Yeah. That's my number Those one. Those will kill you. Right there. Those will kill and you. People go through life every day it's on true. what ifs. It's every true. Day. It's like, yeah. Just do it. Just do it. It's very, Nike. Have, yeah, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, you have nothing to lose. It's true. You really don't. Yeah. Um, but yes. And ask for help. Yes. <laughs> Another one. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so, there's some people that won't, but there's so many people who would love to tell you about like, don't do this because I did it and it went really badly yeah. or this is how you should do this. And I just can't, I mean, be an idiot, you know, just walk up to somebody and be like, I love what you're doing. Can you give me a little bit of feedback? You know, it's helpful. Sometimes we, we tend to get a little bit shit like, um, artists tend to like kind of um circle the wagons at times and mm -hmm. like this is my practice and no one else can do what i do and blah 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 but we also have to to a part of what we do is also spreading our art around mm -hmm. so we gotta spread that shit everywhere <laughs> yes you really do seriously you do yeah so that's why i said before if anybody ever has any questions for me unless it's about something that i consider a trade secret mm -hmm. i'm an open book yes you want to ask me how i do my pricing go go ahead you want to yes. ask me how i do my dyeing go ahead that's yes. fine you know we want to ask me where i found my loom let's talk about looms yeah. you know doesn't matter all day all yeah, day yeah exactly that's amazing. i'm glad you said that about the ask questions thing because i know people who and most photographers just that's what i do mm -hmm. go through instagram like oh man it works so good i get so discouraged i'm like yeah. message them yeah and see like hey how do you how did you do this yeah you know ask questions what, what was what's f stop were yeah. you doing seriously though <laughs> what because you, you'd be surprised at how nice people are who will who are like yeah. you that would share that knowledge yeah. with you sometimes they won't Some and won't. that's cool and yeah. you just be like you know you don't go in like expecting it just yeah. be like hey would you be willing to tell me anything about what you're doing and yes. most of the time they they will yes absolutely so yes oh this has been great good good so good this is everything i wanted it to be good yes everything um, everything <laughs> you are a ball of joy i love it no i'm actually really depressed all the time can't you tell <sighs> dying at home right <laughs> yes so um the new spot will be available when do you think they say we'll be moving in in the next month okay but okay. so um th our space is i mean if you wanted to come by and see me i, I do allow studio visits it's okay. just it's a little bit cramped yes. um so the new space i'll definitely be opening up the studio more often um the i'm still bad i'm really bad about website stuff so i have not added my stockists like where you can find me to my website yet it's on my instagram but it's not on my website Perfect. But Perfect. you can always find me at Megan-Eileen.com. Yes. And that's I-L-E-N-E. -E. Yes. Um, and my Instagram is Megan period Eileen because mm -hmm. the hyphen was already taken. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Megan Eileen. Uh, Megan Eileen. That's me. Um, and that is my middle name. So that's where that came from. I didn't want to try to come up with a brand name. And yeah. let's just stick with the name. It's easy. Yes. <laughs> so you are. So that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's me. Yes. That's me. And it's that, that's the brand, which yes. is pretty typical of an artist. The brand is themselves. But it's great. It, it is. I like it. Yes. It means that it's it's important to me, Absolutely. which means that it should be. I should, you know, care about it. Yeah. Which I do. This is going really strange now. Never I mind. I love it. This is perfect. <laughs> no, this is who you are. I love it. I love it. I love it. And this is so good. This is so great. Your studio is beautiful. Yeah, come on. 503 if you're yeah. ever in the area. Oh, yeah. That's right. So this yeah. is, um, we're in Studio 503, which is um, 503 East Washington Street. It is by appointment only because the door is locked. But mm -hmm. um, just uh, message us. Go to the website, which I think is like 
Studio503.com mm-hmm. or something like that. Or Studio503GSO, maybe. That sounds right. Google 503 Greensboro. Yeah, there we go. Just do that. (laughs) (laughs) But all those are probably correct that she mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) One of those will work. Yes, yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yes, yeah. and you mentioned some internship possibilities. So yes. can people kind of go ahead and maybe you can you can reach out to me. My intent was to do it through um, a school, so that way you could get school okay. credit. Okay, so UNCG people yeah. maybe UNCG, A and T, Greensboro College. Um, right now, I have the information for UNCG because I know they have a fashion program and they have an art program. Yes. So I was going to do both. Yes. Just to cars. see which one, because I mean I don't know. I know most artists want to work in an intern in a gallery, but at the same time. I'm, scrappy freelance art is still a thing so seeing how how the how the big guys do it how the guys, <laughs> the big guys. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. that will probably be um in the spring because they it's spring. by semester yeah so 2020 um, yeah and if you want to come by and just see how the place this our our wooden box looks you know, just hit me up Please, yeah. please hit Meg up. She's so great. You'll hear her laugh from down the hallway. Uh, the Just like me. There's you can hear laughs. my cackle from very far away. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. But, yes, obviously this is a very broad interview. So mm-hmm. if anyone has any questions as far as business or anything else, yeah. hit you up. Totally There's fine. I'm not ask your trade secrets. You can tell you all that stuff. You know what I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what I wouldn't say. But yeah. it's not really, like, aside <laughs> from, like, I don't know. I don't even know. I really am like yeah, very, open book. I mean it's for me and I'm this is going to be polarizing but like for me if someone needs to copy me or somebody does copy me then I need to move on that means that this is already done I need to move on to something else absolutely so I'm not making groundbreaking stuff I'm making shirts and jackets and dresses so <laughs> they're, they're gonna it's be true. they're gonna be copied I've you know I've been inspired by other designers so it's just Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you find out something about me that means you can now do what I do, then props to you. Go for it. Yeah, super props. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, yes, hit her up. Tell her that Daniel sent you. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, <laughs> and yes, and thank you for listening. Free pizza forever. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye. <laughs> The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smokes, niggles, whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.